What's up, homies, and welcome to another episode of Humanizing Horror. I'm glad y'all are here this weekend, and hopefully y'all were here last weekend, because I'm kind of piggybacking off of the concepts and topics that I touched on last week. You know, last weekend was World Goth Day, and uh, I did a top five favorite goths in horror films, and I did speak a lot on the goth subculture and just some of the ideologies on romanticism in horror. And I have a, a few topics that kind of go hand in hand with one another. So this week, I'm going to uh, go a little bit more in depth for that. It's going to be a little bit uh, slightly unstructured, slightly unscripted. But I do want to uh, just kind of discuss some uh, other elements of the genre that may not be looked at in the way that I'm going to explain them. So stay tuned and uh, we'll get right to it. Yeah, alright, so we're back to a, another episode of Humanizing Horror, and I want to talk about romance and horror films. I mean, it's, why not, right? Okay, so, I mean, there are like 7 or 19 people that if I said this to, in my life, like people who know me and interact with me, so y'all know what I'm about, you know, the spooky ooky, uh, that if I said romance and horror films... They would say, huh? What do you mean? Is that a thing? Romance and horror films? What are you talking about? Isn't it all just, you know, premarital sex? And if you have sex and you die? Or something along those lines? Yeah, about, about 7, 8, 19, 37 people. You know, like I know 37 people. Um, and what I know of? I guess I have some, I'm going to say I have, well, 37 acquaintances. These aren't really the conversations I have. Hmm. Anyway, so yes, romance in the horror genre. And honestly, those things are not so uh, perpendicular as you would think. So when you, you think of, let's, let's go to an OG, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yes, uh, Freddy Krueger. So this movie really started off with uh, four friends in high school who were also a couple so, you know, everyone, double D, you know, a young, young Johnny Depp, you know, a young uh, Heather Langenkamp, who's out here doing great things now, um, you know, directing horror films, I think she's got her own production company, still very big in the industry, not even, you know, as, you know, Nancy from the Nightmare series, but just literally as Heather Langenkamp, she works with her husband, you know, goals, right, you know, and they... We're a couple, and they were together, and when you, I'm not even going to say fully deconstruct, I don't feel like this was something that was hard to miss, but maybe this is something that is overlooked, you know, with all of the supernatural dream killing, but there was a bit of unity there, and that bond that they were all friends, but they were also all dating, they were also all a couple, they all, you know, slept over at, you know, a friend's house, together, unsupervised, kids would do, oh, excuse that, yawn, jeez, sorry, I swear this topic is more interesting than I'm leading you to believe right now, and that was the thing, and, you know, think about you in your daily life, like, you know, whether you're a couple or not, uh, you have friends that are a couple, right, your relationship is slightly different than just the, the average person, right, why, because a lot of what you discuss has to do with the intimacies of your daily life, and intimacy in your daily life, right, like, average time showcasing with your friends you may just like somewhat jokingly like mean talk 
about just what may be big in your life. You know, hey, how's your wife, though? And, you know, hey, how's so-and-so, you know? With a minimal actual interest in how they're doing. It's more like a conversation started. But with your friends, you know, that are maybe lower in long-standing relationships, you know, you, you tend to be that person that they go to for advice or you may go to them for advice and that advisement is because there's a level of energy that's understood and then if you're a couple and then you have friends that are a couple and then you're there and I've been in that situation a few times in my life I think I think like most people have had that relationship where like you're in a relationship and you have friends that are in a relationship y'all kind of hang out you know not like even in the double date sense but like y'all have a kind of synergy of another guy's intelligence because there's stuff that you understand like after you've been like a long-standing relationship there's like a it's like a parallel there so nightmare on elm street uh one of the things that i think is themed that is overlooked is the fact that you have a a young group of pairings that are going through this horrible thing there's this scene uh spoiler alert if for some reason you haven't seen the original nightmare on elm street right uh <laughs> which you know if you haven't i think they're all on tubi right now like you can watch like one through uh five so, you know, do that because, you know, it's part of our history. And, uh, you know, anything Wes Craven does is phenomenal. So, you know, when I talk about Wes Craven and Raw here, there's a reason. Go check that shit out. But uh, there's a scene where after, uh, you know, teenager one or three, however you look at it, uh, his girlfriend is murdered and he's being looked at as a suspect for killing her. He meets Nancy and he says, Nancy, you know I would never do that. And not because, you know, hey, we're homies, so you know I wouldn't betray everything, but, like, you know how much I loved her. Uh, you know, how much she loved me, and, you know, you know, love and everything, and it, it kind of shows, like, even though they're young couples, the, the breakdown of how something, a traumatic instance, a uh, traumatic series of instances, uh, Supernatural not can take a toll on a relationship, uh, Johnny Depp and Heather Langenkamp's characters start off as kind of like, you know, seemingly typical of a high school couple, and there's a strain put on their relationship because of Supernatural killer, is out but not just that because the people that they would go to for comfort and synergy in their relationship uh have been also murdered how is that romantic right well the romance is about the bond and the synergy there it's not the typical pairing of what you look at as like uh just some randomly thrown together teens they're all in relationships and relationships in horror for me, have always been interesting, because I think of, say, like, one of my favorite movies, off the top of my head, Garden State, um, fantastic film, Zach Braff, Natalie Portman, uh, good times, uh, Method Man makes a cameo in it, probably one of my favorite cameos in movies ever, so, you know, it, that movie shows a relationship literally from the beginning, from when Zach Braff's character first meets Sam, played by Natalie Portman, all the way up to the courtship, their first kiss, there's a romanticism there, God, it's, was, was, is Garden State the reason why I, like, you know, mentally affected, like, Manic Pixie Dream? Oh, man. Damn you, Zach Braff. Damn you. No. Damn you, Natalie Portman. No, but, um, so you, you watch that kind of build up, right? There's a lot of horror where those relationships are pre-established, and the theme of the film is kind of, like, showcasing and showing, like, how there may be a strain and how that couple comes together. Um, a lot of great films that I love is just kind of how, how that tragedy can bring couples together. And it's interesting when you think about that uh, from the standpoint of romance. Here's why. So what is romance? It's open, right? Like 
what is romantic to someone is based on the individual. Like, everybody finds different shit romantic, right? Like, some people are flowers and candy. Um, some people are spelunking on the dining room table in the morning before work. Um, some people are, you know, just hold my hand. Like, maybe some people are read a book. I think what's interesting about that is also, like, in themes of love, it's also on the individual. It's unilateral. So when you think about romance and someone being romantic, someone being romantic is someone that is essentially providing you with your ideology of what romance is. Because I can tell you right now, what I find romantic is rarely what I do that someone else finds romantic. Um, they say, like, People love how they want to be loved, but I think that's true to the point to where you realize what the person or who the person you love is capable of doing, right? So, like, say you like to be loved by, you know, going rock climbing and skydiving, but, you know, you're dating a pirate and they have a peg leg, so they're probably not going to go rock climbing and skydiving, right? So you're not going to give them, you know, rock climbing gear, right? You're going to give them, you know, a new parrot. And they're going to be like, oh my god, babe, you're so romantic. Like, how did you know I needed a new parrot? I was like, well, it was because of that Canon accident you told me you were in months ago, right? If they gave you a parrot, you'd be like, ah, babe, thanks. Thanks so much for the parrot, right? But people love how they want to be loved. People show affection the way they want affection. But it's funny about that is that romance, someone being, being romantic, the act of being romantic has to do with the person being attentive and paying attention to you and giving you the kind of affection that you desire that's what's interesting about romance novels right because there isn't just one genre of romance novel and the reason why is because different people like different stuff what i consider to be a romance novel may be completely different i think some of the best romances i have ever read uh were written by pff, annette curtis claus clive barker like francesca leah block francesca leah block like and if I, uh, and I have, <laughs> this has been tried to test it, were to give these books to other individuals and say, you've got to read this great romantic story. Um, like, you don't know what romance is. I do. I know what romance is to me. But when you try to generalize that statement, right, you focus, most people will focus on the act. They'll say, like, I don't think this is romantic. And here's the thing. This is a... This is a film. This is a book. So it's not necessarily about what you think. It's about you being able to acknowledge the romance between the individuals and the stuff that you're watching them go through. Like, what they're going through. Like, is this romantic for them? So. What is this? Not The Unborn. Um, the movie about the Dybbuk box. It's got a, a boy, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, in it from Supernatural fame. Uh, he was also uh, the comedian and watchman. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is just fucking awesome. He just has one of those. He's one of those guys where like he throws himself into any role that he does, and you can definitely tell. And he's he's got that kind of acting pedigree about him, right? But he was in this movie for Dibbit Box, and he, you know, was trying to save his daughter being possessed. You know, him and his wife are not well. Like they're not. I don't think they're married anymore. I think they're divorced or they're going through a divorce when the movie kind of starts. And it's kind of like they're both kind of bonded by, you know, obviously love their kids. And the, uh, what goes through, what they go through in the movie kind of brings them closer together. It kind of, you know, shines some light on like, hey, we, we love each other. But what it is, and you'll see this a lot in film, especially when it involves kids, is that them seeing how much they care about like what they're willing to go through for their their children and 
when you look at a lot of films, typically when it's like a divorce, like, that, like one that breaks my heart, and uh, it's funny because this is a comedy, but breaks my heart, is Mrs. Doubtfire. And that a lot of times is what ends a relationship in film is like, you know, I don't think that you're the kind of parent that I want to raise my children with, so we should get a divorce. And then seeing, oh man, this person like really cares about the kids and I love them. Um, which, what better way to show, okay, you care about the kids um, than, you know, fighting the devil or like, getting a demon out of them, right? So, like, in a horrible situation, like, you kind of see that and it's like, oh, that's romantic. And it's showed in film, because let's use this film whose title I can't think of right now. Um, basically, it shows in the sense that when you have that type of film, right, typically um, you'll have, like, the wife character moving on. And she'll have found somebody that on paper seems like they would be a better father figure for the children. It's usually something like Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays like a, it's like a reporter or he's like a retired author or something like that. Something that's like, oh, it's not a reliable career field. And then, you know, she'll marry like some doctor or some lawyer or something. And, you know, it's more like I'm trying to create a more favorable scenario for, for what the children is but that in a sense is lacking the romance because you found this person this individual you made this bond out of love and then you rediscovered that bond out of love because you found out that that person is willing to do anything for what was created out of that bond and you know when you think about that it's like oh you're you're willing to sacrifice your soul to save our daughter from being destroyed by you know a Jewish demon I love you I mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't think about that? Okay, maybe I need to give you guys some other examples. But still, like, who who wouldn't look at and be in that scenario and be like, oh, oh, babe, babe, babe. <laughs> um, I was in a relationship once, and my partner had a very uh just just a strange interaction at a gas station. It was so alarming and weird because like they were just you know they had this thing happen where somebody made them very uncomfortable at a gas station and you know did that scenario it was weird because like there was theoretically nothing I could do um they were terrified this person like had, had followed them and you know they had to actually call the police and stuff and here there was nothing I could do right so I, you know, this isn't like, oh, this is awesome, because I really did do it listen to them, and just, you know, whenever, uh, I don't think I was driving yet, actually, but, uh, we got in, after a night, I just kind of got out and just, I, I took care of the gas portion where I pumped the gas for them, because I knew that that was something that they were nervous about, so I just kind of wanted to solidify, like, hey, you know, I know you had this thing happen, you'd be kind of weird, since, you know, a little paranoid, so whatever you're with me, you don't have to worry about getting out of the car, pump the gas. I'm going to pump the gas. I did that because I knew that it would make them feel more comfortable. Um, and that's romance, I think. And I'm not saying that, like, you know, I'm so romantic. I'm saying that that, uh, the act of doing for another. Now, romance and horror. And... Your typical rom-com, right? You're going to have, you know, your Zach Braff, your Ryan Reynolds, um, 
Mr. Gary Oldman. I wish. That's just wish fulfillment. I want Gary. I, I want Gary Oldman in a romantic comedy. <laughs> so bad. I don't know why. I just feel like he always kind of has this, like, he has this energy to him in every role he comes to. And I would love for him to just bring some dad-like energy to a role. I just want, like, a dad. I just want some romantic comedy. I watched Jeffrey Morgan in a romantic comedy. Like, I just feel like the romantic comedy has, has been played towards, been seen as, like, a, a genre for the young. And I'm like, no, we need some, we need some, like, middle-aged romantic comedies. Like, some good ones that aren't just full of, like, toiletry humor and stuff. Like... Getting off topic, getting back on topic. Typically, the turning point for the character in the film is an act of selflessness, right? It's that I, I care about her, he, their happiness more than my own, right? I just want them to be happy with someone. You just think about that scene from Bruce Almighty with Jim Carrey. I want her to be with someone that sees her the way I see her now that will take the time to cherish her for the wonderful person that she is. It took him a whole fucking movie to realize this, and he had the power of God, and he was just being completely self. But it's that act of selflessness. It's that, that turning point of, I care about this person. Is it more than I care about? So, which, honestly, it's scary. See where I'm going with this? All right. And at an age, in a time period where people are thought to be more sensitive, where it's more of a discussion, where there's more of an acceptance about sexuality and more of a voice on these things and everything people are fucking scared like they are like it's weird because there's more of a discussion about intimacy and there's more details about intimacy and it's more open and voice and people are like afraid of actually having real intimacy and letting their guard down and actually being open and actually being trusting and accepting and just rolling with the tide and accepting that people are actually flawed and will make mistakes and that will hurt and sometimes it hurts and that's just a part of the process that's so weird but like going even past that that's it in that genre and the genre but what genre is all about like you know survival usually is at the best of some sort of sacrifice horror man that's where it is that's where this that's 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 the true romance genre i'm not just saying that because i'm like a fan of you know the bloody scream horror gut gore but i'm saying that because that turning point typically comes very early on. Like, it's all about the sacrifice for its character. Like, how it's usually not even at the climax, like, before, where you'll have the character, he, she, they, them, will tell the protagonist, faux protagonist, fake out red herring, hey, I'm here for you. Because that's what that character needs to hear. They can't do anything. You can't do anything. It's just juggernaut, mongoloid, axe-wielding, psycho killer maniac. You know, they just pump the gas because that's what that person needs. What what do they need? I don't know. They're fucking frightened too. They can't do anything against that jungle psychopath, mangaloy, psycho killer. They know that. Now, to me, a functioning relationship, a functioning romantic relationship is both people sacrificing their ideology to comfort the other person, which means both people are satisfied and happy and getting what they want to a certain extent. And then both people realizing what's happening and realizing that that is a functioning happy relationship and thriving in that. Never happens, but, you know, that's what should happen. But anyway, let's back to the genre of horror and where that does happen and where that does apply. Like, sometimes, yes, it follows romantic comedy format. Like, I think it's Saw 5 when we've got a... Guy wrote the book. 
Yeah, fake wife. No, not that one. I think it's Saw 6. I'm talking about the guy who owns the organization. Uh, spoiler alert. Anyway, we get to the end. He's trying to protect his wife. Uh, he has the Iron Bull setting that's set up. Acid. It's horrible. Being vague here, I'm trying to get better at the spoiler alert thing. I'm not going to, but I'm trying. So, A for effort, right? That's what matters. Is it? Is that my theme? That's what matters? The effort? Let's see. One of my favorite series is the Paranormal Activity series, right? Okay. Uh, mostly because of the marked ones. And throughout the Paranormal Activity, let's even focus on the first one. You have a wife pretty much saying, hey, I need you to stop, or I need this, or I need this. And it takes this character the whole time. It's like, okay, but I want this. And there's always a middle ground that can be met, right? Um... And most of the like, there's always a middle ground. But it's like, no one wants to be guilty, no one wants to be right. No one wants to walk away from a situation where they're going to do something unheard. And these make some of the, some of the, when I say worse, some of the most annoying horror characters to me. Uh, people that can't let go of stuff, uh, because often they get other people killed in <laughs> the horror dramas. We all know the character of... That's gotta be it. That's just gotta be it. It had to be her. No, she was never the killer. You were biased. Um, but we, we were led to believe that they could have been the killer. I love those fake outs too. When it's like it has to be her. And then it's not her. But then actually it really is her. It's like ha ha. But it was me for the wrong reason. Uh, you didn't get it. But you're right about it being me. But not why. Uh, those are always fun. But in the genre itself. When it comes to. The sacrifice and I think about movies like Ghost Ship, I think about movies like House on Haunted Hill, I think about movies like 13 Ghosts, um, these sacrificial acts of love, which are usually grandorized because you know this is spooky ooky ooky. Um, you know, someone sacrifices their life, their livelihood, their soul, um, because the other person needs it, because of whether it's love or not, like a lot of times these characters are broken, um, either literally physically broken or the relationship is broken, and they do this because they care about that person, that person uh, edifies that sacrifice. And let's tone that down, right? In the sense of, in your daily life, okay? Understand that your partner, person, love interest, crush, you know, Spunk Master 5000, may not like eating burritos you know, two nights out of the week. However, you're having a bad day, so that's why I burrito. And then you have another bad day because, you know, you're kind of shit and you don't have, like, the best coping mechanisms, so they make burritos again. Maybe they don't have burrito money. You ever ask where that burrito money came from? You're like, well, burritos are cheap. Well, they're cheap, but maybe not two days a week. Maybe that $17 was supposed to go in their gas tank, right? Okay. Them making sure you have comfort food, it's them loving you. That's romance, right? That is. And you know what that means? That means that you have a partner that cares enough about you to do things outside of their means, outside of their whatever time it takes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, four hours to put effort towards being there for you, to show you that I'm here for you, to show you that I'm thinking of you and I'm putting effort into this. They're doing this. And we become complacent, right? Like, oh, it's just a burrito. Oh, it's just this. Oh, it's just that. No, there's there's a process. 
And that process itself is love. Because I think something that gets lost a lot. And put it out the door. Don't, like, nobody has to do anything for you. Nobody owes you anything. Whether they love you or not. That's a feeling. To love you, someone just has to love you, right? But any of that extra, that burrito, that's not that. That burrito is romance. That burrito is that person being romantic towards you. Romance is an act and that person is acting romantic towards you. You know what the other part of that is? You realizing and understanding what that is. So. While Johnny Depp <laughs> did fall asleep. He did. He fell asleep. And ultimately died fantastically, beautifully. One of the best scenes ever. Like, blood guys are in the bed. Spoiler alert. Anyway. See, failed already, but that's okay. I tried, right? He did try, okay? He died with a radio on his chest. He tried to stay awake, okay? Maybe he could have not laid down, all right? But for his girlfriend, you know, whom he really, you know, probably wanted to be intimate with and couldn't because, you know, she was, you know, trying to escape this, you know, serial killer in her dreams. He tried to stay awake from her. <laughs> And she yelled at him. She said, you know, I just asked you to do one thing. And he tried. You know, bro, our parents... Our parents are not trying to uh, let us see each other right now and everything. We're not even supposed to be on the phone. But I am going to try to stay awake from you. And even though he didn't really buy the whole Freddy Krueger thing at the time. And even in that sense, you know, identify it. See it. Because it's there. It's all over the world. Like, how many... How many... How many Nancys have asked their partners to do crazy, ridiculous things in the face of some sort of overwhelming supernatural terror? And believe it, in, you know, nine times out of ten, okay, babe, whatever, ghost, okay, babe, whatever, curse, okay, babe, whatever, witch, right? But they still do it. And we look at these characters as fodder. We look at these characters as just, you know, numbers being padded. We look at these characters as the boyfriend, right? You know... The this character. But these characters, they're Lotharios, man. We let them go by the wayside, but they are really out here doing dumb shit just to make sure that our protagonist feels loved and cared for in a ridiculous fucking situation, right? Like, what, what the fuck do you mean your great-grandfather got some ancient mirror from some traveling you know minstrels in the 1800s that's killed like 17 people and you think that's the reason why our friends Stu and jesse mysteriously died in that car crash and mr peterson like randomly exploded on the fifth floor of our high school what do you mean you want me to suck on this jolly rancher while listening to this nursery rhyme backwards okay babe you know what it's okay fine babe anything for you because i want you to feel loved i want you to feel valid i want you to know i'm here i want you to know that even though this sounds really fucking stupid and made up off the top of my head which it was by the way that's why i write the that's why i write books that's why i do that that's why i do that thing deal homes amazon yes i'm plugging read my shit uh you know that's love that's romance and it's everywhere it's all over name one name five movies and i bet at least two out of the five you name someone's doing some dumb shit Either dumb because it's actually dumb or dumb because they think it's dumb. You probably think it's dumb too. Just, 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 you know, and a lot of times it's hidden, right? It's hidden behind, they just want to score because, you know, 70s or whatever, and, you know, it was a genre thing. But 
let's even let's even let's dive into that quickly before we head out of here. A lot of times in horror, right, our characters are teenagers, right? And physical intimacy is a way of showcasing emotion, right? Again, I didn't know what to do in that gas station in my youth about that situation. I couldn't go back in time and be like, hey, hey you, stop being a fucking weirdo. I couldn't stake out gas station. I couldn't take the minimal description my partner at the time gave me to go, you know, find and look for this person, right? So a lot of times you can't do anything. All I could do was try to come for you, try to let you know, hey, I'm here for you. Try to uh, reestablish some sense of intimacy, reestablish some sense of comfort to where it's like, hey, we're okay. I'm here. Things are okay. Because when someone's not okay, it takes a toll on you. You can, you can feel it. You can hear it. Like It's there in the relationship. It affects it. Like This person's energy has changed com- completely. They've gone from being a sometimes semi-rational human being to now being a strange woodland creature that, you know, jumps at shadows and, you know, has nightmares and screams and wakes us up. Now I'm only getting four hours of sleep, right? So while it's written as, babe, let's just, let's just smash. Let's just smash. Let's just smash real quick. That's going to make this better. Like, okay, babe, you had a bad dream. Let's smash. Let's smash. Let's just let's let's be us. Let's let's reestablish this sense of intimacy, this bond that we have. Because honestly, I'm scared too, and I don't know how to uh, I don't know how to deal with this. And I don't I want to be here for you in what seems like an impossible situation. If you are right, and there is some crazy mass supernatural killer trying to kill us, I don't have any way of fighting that. I can't I can't uppercut a ghost, but I I can make love to you, and I can make you feel comfortable and secure. Um, in the confines of our relationship and just let you know that I'm here and we're still here and we have us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see where I'm going with this? Didn't look at it that way, did you? So the next time you're you're watching a horror movie and you're looking at, you know, Chad, Peter, Jason, Michael kind of being ridiculous and why why is he doing this or why are they doing this? Okay, this seems kind of silly, but... He loves her and you realize he loves her. And so let me look at it and apply that in your own life. See what see what Lothario, Romeo, Juliet you have around. And maybe, you know, just stop and tell them that you appreciate them for all the stupid shit they do for you to make sure that you're okay. And placate your own fears. And understand that that's romance. In terror and our frightening aspects and areas of our lives. It's it's those little sacrifices that hold the greatest acts of love. And, uh, yeah, that's all I'll leave for today. Again, hopefully soon, I'll have some guest speakers. You know, by 2025, there will, there will have been a guest speaker at some point. Um, and remember, you can always support uh, the cast. It's... You know, humanizing horror on just about every uh, platform you can listen to your podcast on. And uh, you can support the lowest tier is 99 cents a month. You won't even notice it's missing, but trust me, I will definitely notice it's there. And uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate all of you. Thank you for allowing me to do this. And uh, whatever you do, you know, I believe in you. Go out there and be good people.